Good morning. I uh, hope you guys are safe and well um, and ready for Christmas. I know I am. I got my hat ready already. And uh, so we have Logan with us today, John, and a new member to my team, Hush. Did I say it right? Okay, good. I, I, I always butcher names. So welcome, Hush, to the club. And um, I'm excited to have this session with you guys. Uh, I'm going to expect this session to be shorter, given the holidays. I know a lot of you guys are probably out with families or traveling. And if so, uh, if you don't get enough questions, we'll cut it short. But um, give you guys a few seconds to hop on, and then we get started. Good morning, Carmen, Eileen, and Facebook user and Facebook user. Good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Happy holiday week. And uh, we'll do the weekly rundown as well. So if you're new to the group and haven't already, you should see a StreamYard link in the description of this live call. Uh, just click on that link. You'll go through a couple steps, click the buttons, and that gives Facebook access to where we can see your name on our end on the back end. Awesome. All right. And we uh, got some new members who came in this week, too. We want to give a shout out to we got Sergey in the group, uh, Ryan Bracky. Uh, Jonas, Taylor Welch, and Michael uh, Giotto. Welcome everyone to the group. If you guys haven't already, go in there, make sure to introduce yourself, drop your name, what you do, and uh, network, connect with everyone. Welcome, guys. All right, with that, we'll go ahead and hop into it. Um, so our first question for the week is from Michael Ward. He said, will you discuss how your real estate company is set up? Specifically, how many employees does your real estate investment company have? And what are the specific roles or job descriptions? Do you want their salaries too? <laughs> well, you know, right from the top, I keep a very uh, lean staff on my management company. We outsource a lot of it to, you know, local property management company in the area that I buy the property. But in a nutshell, you know, you got the controller and then we have the uh, accounting admin. And then I have asset managers and we have property manager um and uh also one of my asset managers also wears a, a two hats you know all, uh, helps me as an acquisition um on the acquisition site to analyze property for me but so a very short staff but uh you know we do outsource a lot of it um like i said to local property management companies and next next question uh from brad norman it's good to see you brad um, he said, I have a question about property management. Mm -hmm. As you know, we manage all our commercial properties ourselves. We pay listing agents, finders fees for placement of a tenant, mm -hmm. but the day-to-day -day management and rent collections and maintenance requests we do ourselves. But I'm finding I'm more and more involved in this part of the business as my portfolio grows, especially with the recent multifamily projects I've finished, which is taking my time away from searching for new deals and dealing with renovations. I wondered what you had found works with your portfolio. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you do in house, and what do you let a listing agent do? What do you usually pay monthly for if you let them do the ongoing rent collection and maintenance repairs? Well, um, Brad, yeah, when you when it comes to multifamily, it makes no sense, especially if you're, uh, you know, actively looking for deals. Your time is better spent looking for deals making deals, negotiating deals, uh, reaching out to local brokers, then doing a property management uh, activity, 
which for three to four percent of uh, gross revenue, you could hire a very good, um, you know, uh, property management uh, company that handles all that and gives you accounting report. Um, you know, I had a couple of hundred unit multifamily. Um, I was doing it myself uh, for a while. Then I got a property manager to help me do the collections and tenant relations, move move outs, move ins. Um, writing up leases. I wasn't getting involved with all that because I was actively looking for deals. And that's what I would recommend. Um, I don't own any multifamily. My average tenants, you know, pay me 4,000 to 5,000 a month rent and they're all businesses. So they're not management intensive, uh, properties. So we do all the rent collections here and then pay a local property manager for tenant relation and site inspections. That's how we do it. All right. And guys, we got a lighter amount of questions this week with the holidays. So if you have questions that weren't sent in yesterday, go ahead and start dropping those in the comments. We'll get to those today too. Um, our next question is from Jonathan Nguyen. He mm -hmm. said, when refinancing a commercial property, what do you do when the appraisal comes in low? Way lower than the reasonable market. Mm -hmm. It seems to be a constant occurrence with commercial refinances where I'm from. We're using local banks that use appraisers. Yeah, that's a tough one. What I would recommend, ask the bank if uh, if they would allow you to pay for a second appraisal. And then when you do engage the second appraisal, uh, definitely get comps from an active broker for your property, comparable sales, and provide those provide those to the appraiser. Um, this happens often, even with you know custom homes. You know, uh, you know every custom home is different, right? You could have a home that sells the same square foot for 8 million and one sells for 14 million, um, almost double because one has a massive lot, superior ocean view, the other one has peekaboo ocean view. And uh, so you, you want to have uh, the best comps to support the highest value. And what you do would be proactive and get those comps from brokers and provide to the appraiser. This way, um, you know, they can't really uh, fight with what you're providing. Those are real comps, right? Otherwise they get lazy and they'll just pull up three comps that's not really supportive for what you want to come in at. All right. Eileen, she commented appraisal reconsideration possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next question is from Ron Borovinsky. He said, how do you attract a Verizon or any other carrier when a building does not have a cell tower? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go through a broker that uh, has relationship with all, most carriers. Um, I use Lawrence, um, and I think we've posted his contact info in the group. And he has, uh, you know, 20 years experience with cell tower companies. And he actually is the broker that sold my rooftops for me. Um, past, you know, eight years I've been working with them. And most importantly, you know, the area that you're looking to put a, a cell tower carrier on, uh, you need to make sure if it's by the freeway, it's a new development, your chances are high, but if it's an older building, um, it's very possible that the carriers already have enough coverage. They don't need an additional uh, cell site because uh, if anything, you know, they're getting these cell sites, the commission through merger acquisition and, and reducing their real estate expense. So, the trend is actually going down. They're not in need of more. They're in need of less. Uh, so I wouldn't hang your hat on uh, getting a new carrier on your roof. But 
it's going to be very difficult. Uh, that's what I've found with my buildings. So this isn't as relevant compared to what you just said, but he asked, what are the criteria they look for? Well, they want, uh, you know, weak coverage on your building. And there is uh, actually a map that shows the coverage. Um, Lawrence can help you with that. Um, if you reach out to Lawrence, we have his information and you give him the property address, he could give you a report, like what he, what is the likelihood you could do on your site. All right, and I'll make sure to repost Lawrence's information mm -hmm. in the group so it's easy for everyone to find and refer to. Uh, next question from WatchTech. He said, do you have an opinion on or have any experience with laundromat tenants? Mm. Well, first commercial real estate uh, retail center I bought in Whittier, 1999, had a coin uh, laundromat in there. Uh, through the years, I found them to be kind of uh, problematic if you have it for long term, they, they do definitely pose an environmental issue because there is a lot of chemical detergents, Clorox, and you know, all kinds of stuff people put in these machines. And if you do have a leak on their ground, uh, guess what? Over time, you will have a leak. And if you do get um, any contamination in the soil, um, it's disaster. Uh, you, you, it's going to be a money pit and a property that's not going to be, uh, you're not going to be able to sell. Um, as a result, I stay away from them. But if you do buy a property that has a laundromat, make sure you get a phase one and a phase two, which is, you know, sampling the soil within the vicinity of the tenant to make sure it's not contaminated. All right. With that said, we'll go ahead and hop into the comments. Uh, first question from Sergey. He said, can you speak on how the business is structured? Is it a holding company that controls each property separately in LLCs? Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah, every property has its own LLC. The banks call it single purpose entity, SPE. And most uh, securitized lenders will require that because they want to make sure the property is uh, protected from other properties that you have. If somebody, for example, slips and fall, and breaks their neck, they're paralyzed in your other property, and you have all of them on their same entity, well, guess what? They're gonna go after all the properties. That's what they wanted in an SPE, yeah. All right, next uh, comment from Ari, who I believe is Arash, he said, Arash oh. here, welcome. He said, I'm new and would like to know where to start to look for commercial property. What are the first thing I should look for I live in Orange County. Should I start looking in Orange County, Texas, Arizona, et cetera? Well, um, first of all, welcome, Arash. Um, depends on your budget. If you have a couple of million dollars cash, I, I would say start looking in OC. Uh, look for properties that are selling price per foot lower than the comps in the same zip code for the same asset class. If you got five to $700,000, then you may want to look in Arizona. I love Arizona. Um, it's hour and a half flight. You could get in and out same day uh, to go do a tour of a multiple properties. And uh, even if it's meeting vendors, tenants, it's doable. Um, unless you love driving, <laughs> then it would take you multi hours. But uh, depends on your uh, how much capital you're working with, really. All right. Uh, next question from Ed. Said, Manny, I'm looking into door knocking or cold calls for commercial and residential. Any mm -hmm. advice on how to approach these situations? 
do you have a script or main points to hit when in the situation and have you done this before? <laughs> yeah. On commercial property is nearly impossible to door knock because, uh, you can go to shopping centers, but you're not going to find the owner to knock his door. Um, these entities, uh, that own these properties are usually blank, you Delaware or, uh, you know, some other formation that don't have their physical address on there. Now, if you go to CoStar, um, it does show the ownership information and their corporate office. So you could find that out and go there, but very unlikely that the owner, uh, or investor is going to, you know, respond to you or meet with you at their corporate office. I know if somebody shows up here, uh, trying to solicit some of my properties, I would definitely not be walking up front and meet with them. <laughs> I'm too busy. Um, so on, on commercially, I don't think it's, uh, you know, it's promising for you to do door knocking on single family residential mom and pop owners that occupy the property. Yes. You could get their information from tile company. And uh, based on the criteria you give them, they can give you uh, print all the list and you can actually either reach out to them by uh, writing a letter, phone call, or show up knocking. So, but I've never done it, so I can't really give you advice on that. All right. Uh, our next question is from a lot. It's a good question. Can you sell the easement on the billboards like you do on mm -hmm. the cell towers? Uh, absolutely. Um, if you recall, uh, an easement is just a long-term right uh, to access your property and it has value. So um, if you're referring to someone that bought the easement and trying to trade it, uh, that can also uh, happen. Not just the first time, but you could also resell it. All right. Uh, next question from Kevin. Mm -hmm. He said, hi, Manny. I sat down with this with a few CPAs last week, and a lot of them recommended putting money in an SEP IRA um, mm -hmm. since I'm self-employed. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I'm more of a believer in real estate and owning rental properties in the long run for cash flow. If I'm going to have to wait 30 years to touch that money, might as well buy real estate instead mm -hmm. uh, of putting it in the IRA. What do you think? Any advice is appreciated. Well, I like SEP IRA because, um, uh, you know, you, you write it off. You don't have to invest it aggressively in a stock market, but you could borrow against it. Um, and again, uh, dep depreciation on real estate far exceeds the write-off from an IRA. So I do agree. And, uh, you know, I have a very small IRA account. I buy real estate and I use that as a, a tax filter. So... Uh, if you don't, uh, if you have enough funds to buy real estate, I would prefer doing that. Um, if you don't, you know, you, you still can put 6,000 to 25% of your salary if you're self-employed, um, away in a, in a SEP IRA, that is not a bad idea either. Uh, cause the tax savings on it, you know, you probably 35, 40% you save. All right. Next question from Eden. Have you ever considered moving to Arizona or Texas so you can keep a closer eye on your properties or be closer mm -hmm. to potential deals? And um, if yes, what made you stay in California? Yeah, multiple times. Not Arizona, but I have decided a couple of times. I actually looked at condos, high-rise condos in uh, uh, in, in Houston uh, to buy. But it's just the weather. You know, every time I go there for two weeks and look at properties, 
I realized I don't want to stay there <laughs> more than a couple of days. So uh, it's the cost of living, uh, cost of weather we pay to live in California. So just make more money. All right. Next question from Brad. On your commercial properties, do you pay a monthly fee to a local listing agent for customer relations and organizing any repairs needed or mm -hmm. just a tenant placement fee? Uh, both. Um, so a property manager does the asset management for us. They give us a report weekly. If there's light bulbs out, any tenant issues, toilet issues, uh, <clears throat> that's a flat fee. And then a leasing broker. So it's two different parties, right? It's not the same leasing broker that's not on site. Uh, they, they're the one market the property for tenants and they get, you know, anywhere from four to 6% of the lease value. All right. Next question from Jonas. I saved up about 50 K to invest knowing you focus on office and retail right now. What should I be looking for within those asset classes? Residential. Um, First of all, you know, get pre-qualified. If you do have a job uh, for at least two years, you very likely qualify for FHA loan, first-time homebuyer program. And uh, with $50,000, you're not going to be able to get into a commercial property. You want to start with, you know, two to four unit or a single family. I would prefer a fourplex or triplex if you can find one that you can add value and use FHA to buy it, which would be three to 4% uh, down payment. And that's how I started, you know, many years ago. All right, next question from Chris. Could you go into detail on how you went about acquiring your first property via SBA loan and mm. the rough timeline from purchase to selling and anything you do differently knowing what you know now? Yeah, so my first commercial property wasn't an SBA, uh, but second commercial property was the SBA. That was the one in Santa Ana. I bought for 670,000. It was a bank owned property on first street in Santa Ana. And, uh, I used to own a supermarket two blocks down. I, I had sold my supermarket, but since I had the supermarket and I operated for five years, um, and I intend to open a supermarket in this new property that was bank owned, I qualified for SBA 10% down. Um, the timeline is usually 90 days, uh, SBA funds twice a year. So it's every six months. So in the interim, you always have a bridge lender that funds it and they get paid when the SBA funds, right? Um, but 60 to 90 days is the timeline usually it takes to fund it. And you have a local bank that lends you the first 50% and the second 40% is the SBA portion that the intermediary lender pays, uh, funds it, and then they get paid back by SBA when SBA funds. But uh, hope that answers your question. Awesome. Uh, next question from Ed. Mm -hmm. If I'm dealing with a listing broker that is not responsive, what do you recommend doing to make progress? Mm. Well, um, send him a, a nice bottle of wine to his office with a nice card. I don't know. If it's me, send me a cigar. I'll definitely respond. It's <laughs> good. Yes. Um, that's it, guys. Uh, we're not seeing any other questions in the comments. So we'll give it a few more, uh, 10, 15 more seconds. If we don't see any more pop up, we'll wrap it up. I know it's a lighter week this week with the holidays. All 
right. We had one come from Kevin. He said, in order to do a 1031 exchange, mm -hmm. do you have to rent it out for a year before selling? Yeah, technically it's for like, uh, like kind exchange. So if you'd sold a property that you did have rental income in your tax return, the next property would have to have a rental income. Um, if it's a, you know, if it's a home, um, that a brand new home you sold, uh, you know, I, to be honest with you, I don't know the exact, uh, exact answer for you, but I know it has to be like for like, um, it income property with even if it's a dollar you show, um, to qualify it, then, you know, I would, uh, rent it to your cousin and have him PayPal you or something, <laughs> but I don't know the exact answer. Every property I've exchanged, it's had income. So, um, don't know. I have to check that, uh, double check that for you. All right. I want to misquote you. We got a question from Salome. She said, hi, Manny. I have a general question. Mm -hmm. I've been studying the videos and material and, and am amazed at how you know, at how much you know. Mm -hmm. Is it possible for a beginner to gain as much knowledge as you? And what should I be studying? And how do I get the knowledge that you have? Thank you uh, for the kind compliment. Uh, well, it's taken me 30 years to learn everything. Uh, most of important, you know, aspects of investing, I'm teaching you guys in the program. Um, if you haven't read my first book, The Contrarian Playbook, I would definitely recommend reading that. You can get it on Amazon. That really sets forth all the basics uh, for a starter investor. Uh, but, you know, if you're actively uh, buying, selling real estate, I think within a couple of years, you're going to be uh, learning almost everything I know because everything I know is uh, I'm teaching in my program. Now, there are circumstances that's going to come that I haven't uh, crossed. So those are uh, the learning curve anyone's going to have in any business. So uh, you're going to learn as you go along. All right. Uh, question from Arash. What do you think of the Las Vegas market for residential? Uh, renter properties yeah i've never liked las vegas even though i mean you have, i've lost a lot of opportunities by not buying during the great recession um because properties plummeted you know 70 80 percent in the great recession but that's the reason i don't buy and i don't like las vegas because it's a single driven industry um it's most you know uh, almost all casinos if they have to shut down i mean it'll depress the economy of Las Vegas, right? So I don't like uh, economies that are single driven. Um, for that reason, I've stayed out of it. Uh, but, you know, if something uh, screaming deal comes on my desk, I, I have looked at it. I have looked at few opportunities, but I've never bought anything there. All right. Uh, next question from Kevin. Can you 1031 a remodel single family resident you did mm -hmm. for six months? Yeah, that's the one. Some one of you guys asked me earlier. I think it has to have. It has to show income. Uh, I have never traded a property that didn't have income, as far as I remember. So I have to double check that. I think it needs to be income producing, even if it shows a dollar income. All right, um, Chris. He asked, "Has there been a tentative date?" Oh, I lost it. Has there been a tentative date set for 2022 for the live in-person mastermind event? No, not yet. Uh, we're working on it. We should have a date uh, soon. 
and Logan will let you know. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be posting those updates in the group as we go. Uh, next question from Jonas. What are your top resources to stay on top of market trends within real estate? Oh, there is no one single report I take a look. Um, I look at the foreclosures. I look at inventory. I look at price reductions on listings. Um, and more importantly, the stock market. Um, almost all investors have some, you know, uh, some money in the stock market. And, you know, when the market goes down 20, 30 uh, percent, banks tighten up their lending as well as investors pool you know, their interest on, on new purchases. So the lack of buyers. So a lot of things, unemployment, uh, the interest rate, the 10 year treasury, uh, a lot. I look at a lot of things. All right. Uh, question from Khalid. Manny, I saw your video on how you outgrew your current building, uh, which you're sitting at right now. Have you got any offers on your current building yet? Yeah, I got two offers, potentially one more. Uh, by next week, I'm going to make my decision who's going to buy it. All right. Uh, question from Nick Gold. What do you think of Florida market? Yeah, Florida market, you know, it's, it has big swings. You know, I've looked at it for 25 years. Um, great recession. Again, kind of like Vegas. The reason I don't like Florida, uh, developers are, you, you know, they go happy-go-lucky, start building as soon as market gets hot. And then you end up with an oversupply. And then when the market does enter a recession, the corrections are pretty severe. Um, and for that reason, I stay out of it. Uh, you know, I'm referring to residential, obviously, uh, buying, you know, uh, apartment buildings. But it's a great market, apparently now. I mean, it's pretty hot, um, but I stay away from it. Plus, it's also too far for me. It's five and a half hours flight. Uh, Texas is the farthest I want to go. Three-hour direct flight from airport, uh, my airport to uh, International Bush Airport, so I could get in and out the same day. Uh, Florida, impossible to do same day. All right, and then a question from Salome: If you want to buy a residential property, let's say fourplex in San Diego, it seems you won't be making money off renting it out because the properties are so expensive. Mm -hmm. Do you think San Diego is a good market to start to start in? And if not, where else should I look? Yeah, you know, the primary markets, you know, Orange County is similar to San Diego. Um, almost all multifamily properties makes no sense unless you're going to occupy one. And even then, the price are like ridiculous, right? It's six, seven hundred thousand a door for a fourplex is like two million dollars for a four unit. So I would recommend go a bit uh, inland um, from it, it's still being in San Diego County, but not necessarily, you know, uh, downtown San Diego. So maybe Oceanside area, and you'll start seeing a little bit higher cap rates. And that's what I would start because you're probably not going to live in it anyway. All right. And then um, our last question from Russell said, uh, Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas 2022. Is there a call next week? Yeah. What is next week? As far as I know, yeah, there's a call. Yeah, we'll, we do have a call. We'll, I'm not we'll going anywhere. So next week's the 28th. Yes, we do have a call. All right. All right. Well, uh, this was great. Thanks for uh, you guys popping your questions on the on the Facebook Live. And I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Have an awesome time with your family. Be safe.
be well and see you guys next Tuesday. And if you uh, couldn't come up with come up with your question at, during the session, post it. I'll get to it after the call. Take care. Merry Christmas, guys.